0: What up, boys and girls? This is a professional podcaster setup. Three different mics strewn about the room in a back room, no less—a musty corner room in a fifty-year-old building with a fifty-year-old man. Is it you? <laughs> Combined, maybe. It's
1: Daniel Craig's pod. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Daniel Craig is 53 now. Wow. So he would have been... An, I mean,
1: About 50 when he... Re- yeah, yeah, shooting this one.
0: I didn't know Sean Connery was 32 when he started Dr. No.
1: Yeah, I mean, he always looked old.
0: <laughs> Refined. He's a perfect gentleman, Steven.
1: What are we doing today? <laughs> Gabe, today we're talking about something very interesting. It's going to be a fantastic podcast today.
2: No time to die.
1: We have someone with us to talk about it.
2: Yes, long time listener, first time caller
1: (laughs) First time caster
0: Yes always.
1: Gabe, ask me who's here
0: Steven, who is it with us today? We have
1: Alex Shaw Hello,
2: hi
0: Thanks for having me
1: Yeah, you're welcome Good friend of mine
0: Always a pleasure to have people on the cast
1: It's not just Steven (laughs) and I going back and forth (laughs) That is factual Today (laughs) we're talking about the new Bond movie The fifth and final Daniel yes. Craig Bond movie. Yes, the Daniel Craig continuity is now o- over, yeah. unless unless he somehow comes back into another. We one. can read. The... So, we well, before forward. we yeah. before we
0: say anything else, should we just? This is a full spoiler. Uh, yes, yeah, spoilers. Podcast. Okay. So, if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, stop. For the for the three people listening,
1: there's a <laughs> warning. Really quick about Alex, uh, he is constantly commenting he's one of the only other listeners that listens to our podcast and he's like, Hey, have you seen bond yet? And I was like, no, but I'm seeing it tonight. And I just watched all of them to catch myself up to see all (laughs) 25, all of Daniel Craig's. And he's like, Oh, I have an opinion. We should talk about it. I said, you should come on the cast. And so he's here. Yes. And do you want to talk about yourself in any way, shape or form?
2: Big bond fan. Love the Craig ones. And, uh, yeah, really curious to hear your guys' thoughts on is this. Is Daniel one. your favorite Bond? He is. Yeah, I think he is my favorite Bond. Now. Have you seen all the Bonds? I've seen most of them. Whoa. Now, one of the ones that I haven't seen, which apparently was referenced quite a bit in this movie, is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yeah. So I have not seen that one. That's the Lazenby one, right? Yeah. I don't the think only my one dad was a Lazenby guy. So La-
0: Lazenby? <laughs> not a lot of. <laughs> is it Lazenby or Lazenby? I always I thought know. it was Lazenby. He only did one
2: movie though, so yes, you can understand. And your why.
1: dad likes Lazenby? No, 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 he
2: wasn't. So I think we had a lot of the Connery ones, we had the Moore ones, and we had the Brosnan ones growing up. But yeah, so I've seen all those ones pretty much all the way through.
1: But that's that's most. What about ones? Dalton?
2: No, I haven't seen the Dalton ones. I don't think I liked him as a kid. I think I like watched like five minutes of him. Those ones are violent. They are different.
0: Yeah, they're almost like a, a preview of the Daniel Craig stuff because they're a little grittier. Really, they are pretty not, gritty. Yeah. It doesn't have the polish and the, the the same suave. Who would you say is your second
2: favorite? Brosnan. Brosnan. Really? Yeah, because just what a charmer. Nostalgic wise, because I grew up with Brosnan. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, so those those movies came out as I was growing up, and so those ones I can rewatch over and over again. Mm-hmm. But the Craig ones, yeah, yeah, I think they've done such a good job. I
0: think dude. everyone has a sweet spot
2: for the bond that they
0: grew up with. Yeah.
1: I also grew up with Brosnan, but definitely not my favorite. Not your
0: favorite? <laughs> no. But you, you've seen you've only seen the bad Bra I mean you've seen you haven't seen yeah,
1: the I've best. Seen, I've seen all of Brosnan's except yeah. Goldeneye. Uh, Goldeneye.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and that's supposed to be that's one of the That's what everyone bad- says is the best. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've actually never washed it front to yeah, back. Yeah.
1: And I've been talking about this and I'll reference this again later, but Brosnan's Die Another Day was the film that single-handedly basically ended his career as Bond because it was so bad. Yeah. And so for me, when it comes to Bond, that movie is like the tier of which you can never recover from. Mm -hmm. So every Bond movie is better than that movie, in my opinion. (laughs) So you're saying GoldenEye is considered to be like one of the best one yeah. of the best bonds and it was ever
0: the same guy who did casino royale
1: martin campbell
0: yes. he, he reinvented bond twice also green lantern <laughs> yeah well wow we don't Good need for to him talk,
1: which yeah. is why before green lantern TV. came out i was really excited about <laughs> green lantern <laughs> well anyway you we don't need to talk moving on <laughs>
0: but yeah this is the end of craig's 15 years since 2006 he's been doing these yeah that was casino royale and then quantum of solace Skyfall, Spectre, and then No Time to Die.
1: just watched all those over the past week in preparation to watch the new one as i just said Same. gabe also did did you do any re-watching
2: yes i did all yeah. of them uh yeah i watched uh casino and quantum like beginning of the month okay like, a month ago yeah and then watched the other two yeah. the day before so mm. what was
1: your ranking i'm curious before
2: oh of all five oh before, before this before
1: this one yeah
2: um so casino's top yeah. oh yeah it's 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 far as like just a movie in general goes I just love Casino yeah just the pacing super hard to beat the story just how they reinvented everything and kept it subtle um that's top I would say I probably think Skyfall is a better movie mm-hmm. but I honestly go back and watch Spectre more right um I enjoy Spectre I enjoy the parts of Spectre mm-hmm. more as a whole I think Skyfall's probably a better movie, mm-hmm. but I've compared a lot of this new movie to specter mm. just because that was the last one. And I really enjoyed the different parts of that. And I felt like this movie didn't have a lot of that. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, I guess this one sits above quantum for me, but <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to make up my mind. You see, I've only seen it one time. Yeah, It takes a little time for, and I've heard settle. it's all about the second viewing. Really? That's what I've heard
1: from uh, who? Uh, the people I would, I've I talked would, to have seen it multiple Gabe, times. how many times yeah. have you seen the new <laughs> Daniel Craig Bond movie, No Time to Die? I've seen it at, no least, at least
0: twice. And I would, I would have agree you seen with it? Alex. Have you
1: seen it more than twice?
0: There's just no time... <laughs>
1: Have you seen it more than twice? Death. Answer the question. Yeah, I've seen it more than twice. Have you seen it more than three times? <laughs> I've seen it four times, Stephen. How did wow. you see this movie four times? It, yeah. It's complicated. It's
2: really... Well,
1: it's, it's not, not that complicated.
2: Out, it came out four nights ago, right?
1: Didn't, yeah, didn't it come out <laughs> yeah, four days I, ago? <laughs> I saw...
0: I was really excited. I had Bond fever. Yes. Because I, I grew up with these and oh, I, got I love... got a fever. It. As one does. Yeah. I love Daniel Craig and I love these movies. So I saw it a night early. I saw it Wednesday in IMAX. And then I saw it with some of my friends and then I saw it with my mom because there are a few movies I can get her to come out to the theater for and Bond is one of them. And then uh, I saw it with you because I didn't want you to
1: go alone. And you needed to see it. Yeah.
2: Did you see it in IMAX?
1: I did not. Because we're all big IMAX fans here. Oh, you are especially. I I wanted to see it on IMAX. Gabe you? saw it twice in IMAX and twice in regular, and oh. he said IMAX is like it makes the difference well, because so. he said they filmed actual scenes yeah. of this movie for it in IMAX. Yeah. I think my second
0: time, I'm gonna for sure
2: see it on
1: IMAX. Yeah. I yeah.
0: would recommend it, and I like you said before, before we started going into my life story, <laughs> I uh, I think this film does get better on a second viewing. Hmm. Because there's a lot to take in on your first viewing, and we can talk about that in a second. But once you see it a second time and you basically know where it's going, I think you can kind of be less critical. At least that's how I was. Because on my first viewing, I left it really not liking it, and I probably would have ranked it last even below quantum, aside from some of the editing in quantum. Yeah. Which (laughs) is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But story-wise, it was probably my least favorite. And then it's sort of grown me over time, and mm-hmm. it's only been five days since it's been out, four or five days right. in its release, but I, uh, I've i warmed up to it in a few ways, so. Interesting.
1: Yeah. and I, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that your ranking?
0: It's hard to say. I would agree with Alex again. Casino Royale is the king of, yeah. the,
1: of the Daniel movies.
0: Yeah. And from there, I, I keep flip-flopping around. I think... I might say Falls, too, just because of the Roger Deakins cinematography. Mm-hmm. I'm an absolute sucker for that guy, <laughs> Dude, and everything he touches is gold. <laughs> um, but True. apart from that, I, I, I don't know. I'd probably, I liked Quantum a lot more. Revisiting it at this point in my life, like I said, I've tried to be a little less critical watching all the movies again because they're not perfect movies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of problems. And in, uh, in yeah, we of
1: them. should say that as a disclaimer going into this episode all of bond movies have problems (laughs) except for you got to take almost everything with a grain of salt. So you definitely have to be into bond to some extent and like understand kind of what's happening to, to enjoy these. So, and
0: I think that's especially true for the new one. Yeah. There's a lot of momentum going into that movie that you have to really be carrying through or else Mm -hmm. it doesn't. Sure. So what comes
1: after skyfall then? I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to
0: say. I'd I'd probably say specter and quantum. Actually, I don't know. No Time to Die might be either three or four now. It's creeping up. It's creeping up. It probably won't beat Skyfall. Maybe it will over time. I don't know. It's hard. There are so many different reasons why I would move these films around, different criteria.
1: I agree. My ranking would definitely be Casino as Goat. And then from there, it gets difficult. (laughs) Because, (laughs) Because I have an unpopular opinion Normally always, but specifically with this, (laughs) I have, um, like Quantum, I enjoy a lot as a film and I would rank higher than most, but I would, I I would say Spectre probably is my number two. And then I would have to put Skyfall above Quantum because of just because of Deacons, like you were saying, but No Time to Die is now like, because it's, it's basically a direct sequel to Spectre. To me, they're very hard. It's like almost like one story. And I like Spectre and it's my number two. Cause like you said, it's got this like revisitability. Mm. That's just isn't even a word, but like <laughs> I, I love it's rewatchable. Yeah. I love, uh, seeing what happens in that movie and I enjoy it more than I enjoy skyfall, which mm. is so weird to me because bond is often like about the locations and like mm. the sights and the visuals. Um, and I love everything about Spectre So No Time to Die felt a lot like Spectre to me, even though it probably didn't to some people. So it might be my third, but might fall to the fourth, like underneath Skyfall and then Quantum is last. But I would want to put Quantum higher if I Hmm. could. That's all I have to say.
2: That's that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, putting Quantum higher. <laughs> I almost
1: would put Skyfall last,
2: but
0: I
1: might be stoned to
0: death. I have <laughs> yeah. a soft spot in my heart for Quantum. That opera sequence in Quantum is one of my favorite moments. It's so good. The way he's just like watching them all in the
1: crowd, and then I love what he says in that moment. He's like. I think you should find a better place to meet. (laughs) And everyone's like, what? Everyone just gets up and walks away and then takes pictures. It's great. It's Um, classic Of of the back of their
2: heads. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then he pieces it together because
1: technology is amazing in this world. Can we talk about maybe who directed this and who shot it? Who plays Bond? Who's Bond?
0: Bond is Daniel Craig. He's
1: uh, the man who needs no
0: introduction at this point.
1: Google will help you out with that.
0: He'd done some stuff before being cast as Bond. He did Layer Cake. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys ever saw that. That's what made didn't him
1: popular to take the mantle of Bond. People saw him in Layer Cake and were like, he should be Bond. So.
0: His casting was still pretty unpopular. It had like the... Uh, e Ledger? Yes. Yeah. Same thing when he was cast. Everyone was like, this is ridiculous. What a terrible choice. And then he just blew everyone's minds and it was great. Yeah. And so now Daniel Craig is basically synonymous with Bond, but... The director of this one was Carrie Joji Fukunaga. Fukunaga. Yeah. The first non-British Bond director. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a big deal for big deal. such an important movie in the continuity. He is known for probably best of which the first season of True Detective,
1: mm-hmm. which- A lot of people love. Yeah. Season I, one- I is, love it too. It's good.
0: Is Most people say it's one of their best seasons of television ever. Yeah. It's true. And then he's been doing a lot of stuff with Netflix recently, too. He did... Maniac. Maniac. He did Beasts of No Nation, which is one of their first yeah. original yeah. movies, like six years ago when they were blowing up as a streaming platform.
1: Yeah, this guy's an excellent filmmaker, and everything he makes is incredibly interesting to watch. It has this, this quality to it of detail that I've noticed. It's like one of the, one of the trademarks of... His directing of his filmmaking is the amount of detail, both in production design, kind of in a Wes Anderson-y way, where he kind of seems to create things that go in that world that are slightly almost unrealistic, but also realistic at the same time. Hmm. And this was actually, this Bond movie was one of the first things I've seen from him that didn't really have that quality. But who shot this? What was the director of photography's name?
0: It was Linus Sandgren, who did La La Land and some other stuff. He did American Hustle with... Oh, uh, okay. Who,
1: who did that? Jennifer Lawrence. Christian Bale.
0: Yeah, and Bradley Cooper was in there. Yes. So some smaller stuff. La La, La Land had some pretty cool scenarios. I love La La, La Land. So, That's a great film. An interesting choice to follow up. You had Deacons and Skyfall, and then uh, mm-hmm. Hoyt did uh, Spectre. Yes. He's and Interstellar. Earth. He, yeah, he did Interstellar too. So a lot of big talent in the filmmaking department. From and the, it's
1: only going to get bigger with interest from both Denny Villeneuve and Christopher Chris. Nolan. Gosh, could you imagine? Can you imagine if, like, <laughs> if the next like series of Bond films is just excellent filmmakers? Oh, yeah. I mean, they could reinvent it, too, at this point. I know. This, they could you know. literally make the most cinematic, yeah. epic Bond films. Timothy Chalamet's Bond. Oh, God. <laughs> Steven would kill <laughs> me now. Stephen would die.
2: Denny, Denny's Bond would be something else. So, yeah. yeah. It would be interesting. I hope he gets that chance one day. That would be really cool. And then the writers,
0: I think, are also worth mentioning. Uh, You have your regular Bond crew who kind of dips into all these movies, Neil Purvis, Robert Wade. But then Carrie Fukunaga also worked on the screenplay, as well as Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And you can tell some of the humor in this movie feels like what you might expect from Phoebe. She's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, she uh, is known for the show called Fleabag. Oh, she also did Wright's Killing Eve, I think.
0: And Killing Eve. But Fleabag yeah, is the one that she stars
1: in. Yeah. And she won a Crafton at Emmys.
2: Wasn't she also the droid in. Yes. Uh, she was.
1: Han Solo. Yeah, in, Han so- in Solo. In Solo. In yeah. Solo. The love interest yeah. of uh, <laughs> yeah. Lando. She literally becomes <laughs> oh, she's one the... with the Millennium Falcon. That's right. <laughs> oh she is God. the Millennium Falcon <laughs> to this true. day.
2: She, yeah, she's still still trucking. <laughs> the Deep War. Yeah. yeah. Jeez.
1: And then Hans Zimmer did the score. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. For this movie. Which is crazy. And also, if anyone was wondering, why does it sound like Dark Knight right now? It's because Hans Zimmer did the score. Yeah.
0: I swear the sequence where they're leaving, Bond's leaving Cuba with the scientist guy gives him to Felix. That chunk of soundtrack sounded Mm -hmm. like Inception, like straight out of Inception. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. It's a very iconic sound. Mm -hmm. And Hans Zimmer does like two or three movies a year right now. Mm -hmm. So... I can understand. There's a little bit of uh,
1: overlay, mm-hmm. unintentional callbacks to his previous work. Well, he's very into the up tempo, clock ticking. The tempo is is hitting at a pace in which it makes it feel like you're running out of time, or to die. or <laughs> yes, <laughs> like a clock is ticking <laughs> against you. Yeah. that kind of thing.
2: Which he really honed that in on Dunkirk, right? Oh yeah, because I mean that movie. That's all that movie was he, about. So really, yes. really got that ticking yes. in. That's Which, a, yeah, it's
1: exactly, it's a perfect example of it. And I was really excited for him to do
2: this movie because I'm a big Hans Zimmer fan. I've seen him live in concert.
1: Really? Um, nice. Yeah. For and what? Just like doing.
2: He just did a, a bunch, bunch of all, his stuff. All his right? hits. Yeah. yeah. You know, greatest hits. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Did he main. do
1: um, <laughs> Pirates?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he opened with Sherlock. Oh, he did everything. But, and he said that before that if you've heard. One, you've heard one. Of all. Remember, yeah. <laughs> they're all, they all call back to each other. Well,
1: he's, isn't he doing Dune? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. And the stuff we've heard from Dune is unlike anything he's. That's I've pretty different. Yeah. yeah. And I'm excited to hear that more of that score for that reason. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which I think it was very intentional. They told him like we want this to sound like nothing that's ever even exists on this
1: planet. Which is, I'm curious to hear it. But it's basically Avatar. There's a little yeah. bit on <laughs> online
0: right now, like a couple tracks. Anyway, this isn't a Dune podcast. Yeah. There's there's a little <laughs> that's coming. Soon. Dune. So back Dune though. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's interesting to note that I think Thomas Newman did both Skyfall and Spectre, the scores. Yes. And you had a lot of emotional moments in those movies and you can kind of, he's uh, a Sam Mendes guy. He's done pretty much all
2: the Sam Mendes movies. He's in 1917. The only thing outside of Sam Mendes that I know that he did was, I think he did the Finding Nemo score. Uh, that sounds about right. I believe so. It wouldn't surprise me. Which I really enjoyed his scores for the last two bonds. Yeah. Um, they were a little more subdued, but I thought they fit it really well, which I was nervous for Zimmer switching into his and yeah. I'm still, yeah, it's, it's definitely different than the tone I feel like has been for the last couple of movies. Sure, so, which is yeah. why I, I'm, I'm ready for a rewatch, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: I will say the one thing that really stood out to me as far as the score goes is, and I don't think they had it in the other ones, they did that really new punchy version of the classic bond theme and mm-hmm. like three or four points in no time to die you have those trumpets really come in and it's like bump 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 and i just bom, like bump i got i got chills <laughs> yeah uh, yeah but for the yeah for the most part i During probably anna
1: de armas part yes
0: yeah bond walks out of the door and he like flips the stock on his rifle and he's just
1: it's the coolest. Oh, we, should, we should talk about who else is in this movie. Yeah. Oh, So yeah. we got Daniel Craig as Bond, Leah Seydoux, Leah Seydoux as Madeline Swan, his love interest who sort of, I mean, in, in the Daniel Craig anthology replaced his other main love interest, Vesper from Casino Royale. Tough act to follow. Yes. But she did well. The rest of Bond's team. Ray Finds. As M, who replaced. Uh, Judy Damn, Judy Dench. Judy Dench. The, the irreplaceable. In Skyfall. And we got What's His Face is Q, who I love. Ben Wishaw. From Mary Poppins Returns fame. <laughs> He's done yep. other movies. But. As
2: everyone knows <laughs> him from. Yeah. He's yeah.
0: the most iconic role <laughs> as.
1: And like then um, Money Penny,
0: Naomi Harris, yes. Naomi Harris, or and then,
1: Shriek from Carnage. Oh God! <laughs> and then Lashana Lynch, right?
2: Oh yeah, as Nomi, also 007. new yeah. 007. Yeah,
1: you can't forget Remy Malik. Yep. As do you know his name? That, the, the villain's the name. The character's name. <laughs> Let me think. It's Saffon. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> S- Something like that. S- yeah, Safin. Saffin. But do you know his first name? Eric
0: no <laughs> it's lucifer oh lucifer no it's lucifer Le- Le- i heard what you said lucifer <laughs> Safin is the most villainous name i think that's pretty good you can whip up
1: and then uh, jeffrey wright was back as felix jeffrey Wright was back yes. oh and then the dude that i really like who's in all the indie films played that billy magnuson yes yeah. as
0: logan ash mm-hmm. and his extremely punchable face the blonde yeah he's extremely that was, punchable that was a face. phoebe waller bridge line yeah he's the blonde yeah, uh, yeah the book that. of mormon i i actually liked him a lot because his smile was yeah it would like he's oh.
1: so good that's why i like him he i i want he was a, a more
0: iconic bad guy in this movie than yes the other guy in this movie yes the, yeah the cyclops i was oh. gonna say um the dude with the haircut. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, that, yeah. that character is supposed to be like the Mr. Hinks. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Mr. Bionic Eye.
1: I was like, just give me Billy. Oh, and then Christoph Waltz is back also. Briefly. Well, yeah. yeah. As, uh... <laughs>
0: A memorable five minutes. Yes. Blofeld. Ernst Stavro. Yes. Blofeld. <laughs> Brother of Bond. Yeah. Brother of Bond. Brother his real Bond. name is Franz Oberhauser. Yeah. Because they were trying, I think, inspectors Marketing to say, this isn't Blofeld. It's mm-hmm. not him. It's Oberhauser. And you're like,
2: well, I think it's <laughs> <laughs>
0: probably Blofeld. Yeah. Because they had just gotten the rights back to Spectre, uh, one of the reasons why these movies are the way they are, because they couldn't use Spectre
2: first. Yeah,
1: and then yeah, Anna Diarmas is in this movie. Oh
2: my God, she is.
1: What you guys is. think about that part? It's fantastic. Yeah, like I mean, it? but like, it's I, really hard for me to not enjoy Anna Dearmas. <laughs> True. I think it was almost just too distracting. <laughs> yes, because she's so aggressively beautiful <laughs> that I was almost taken out of the moment. And she she acted very well in that role of kind of coming off sort of aloof and like unconfident Very and then, um, yeah, but and also then, pl- then really like killing it. Yeah. Literally, but also literally.
2: doing really well. She wasn't like bumbling, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah I thought yeah. she played that really, like really she was well.
1: almost like nervous, but just the right amount. Yeah. So she acted that whole role perfectly. I thought
0: she has good chemistry with Craig too. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess, uh, Craig enjoyed working with her on knives out that he brought her onto the no time to die
1: and they did great. Yeah. The only person I'm forgetting, who I don't know the, the name of is that, Terrible accent, Russian biochem scientist guy.
0: Oh, not David Cross, who I thought it was initially. <laughs> it's, but it is a David. It's David Den- huh? Denchik. 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 And then also, it'd be fun to say Rory Kinnear was back as Tanner, who oh. is, co- according to this continuity, the longest-standing member of Bond's team because he was in Quantum. Hmm. I don't think he was in Casino, mm-hmm. but he was there before all
1: the other guys. Sure. Sure. Yeah. He's great. I don't know if we should just recap this movie.
0: He retired after Spectre for the third time in his continuity. Yeah. Uh, and he's ripped out of that retirement f- probably after like only a month of having been there. <laughs> by uh, Blofeld has blown up his love life, uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and so there's a five-year time skip where he's separated from the love of his life. And he's pulled back into a technological bioweapon plot Mm -hmm. uh, a nanobot bioterrorism plot and uh, it is unveiled that this new villain uh, who also hates Spectre utterly destroys Spectre and then is obsessed with Madeline as well so that's where their conflict now takes them and then it ends on a on an island that's the plot (laughs) (laughs) is that the plot and they blow Bond up
1: (laughs) he also in that process Bond gets reacquainted with the woman that he loves and finds out that she gave birth to his daughter that he didn't know about. And so it's motivation for him going into the third act, the final act of the film, you know, save the world, take down the bad guy and his lair and which, which is the Island that Gabe just spoke of, the and then get back God. to his family and live happily ever after. So that's the motivation. Wouldn't it be nice? And then because of spoilers, uh, he dies. And maybe that'll be the jumping off point because I don't think bond has ever died. no, In any Bond movie, like this is the first time. That might uh, upset some people, but from my point of view, it is a strength to this film. It is one of the the risks that it took. I think that Bond has never done before, and I I enjoyed that. I didn't actually my like personally. It upset me that he didn't get his happy ending because all we've wanted to see from Daniel Craig's Bond is to get a happy ending, but he doesn't get it here. He doesn't.
2: Yeah, I thought for sure they were gonna. Dark Knight Rises Us. Yeah. I thought that was coming and and it didn't. And I'm still trying to figure out if I'm okay with that. Yeah. But It's, it's, it's That's over. a good point. That's yeah. a
1: good reference actually. Cause I, I was thinking the same thing would have been very easy to just have him walk in and pick up the full glass that was still his cause mm. they all toasted at the end, you know?
2: Yeah. But the only thing with this is bond goes on forever. So if, if he had done that then people would have asked, is Craig going to do another one? Yeah, so yeah. they ended it. I mean, this is the end of his. <laughs> do you think? Series. Do you think Craig?
0: Because I think he had more of a hand in this story than even in the past ones. Do you think he said, "I want my character to die"? Like Han Solo, <laughs> yeah. he's like, "Please kill me. I'm so. I'm old. I can't keep doing these movies."
1: I
2: think he had a choice in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: but it is unfortunate for the character that we've been following for the last fifteen years. You know what I mean? This that definitely probably
0: was one of the tipping points for a lot of people's opinions on the movie, and I think one of the most divisive parts about it. Yeah, Uh, because it is it is really like essentially very unBond like for Bond to die after sixty years of making movies where the hero you know drives off into the sunset or what have you. Uh, I I think I would agree that it works really well narratively and thematically for him after the story they've been telling for fifteen years to die in in a heroic way, but it does feel weird. I also still don't think I've really processed it even after having seen it multiple
1: times. Four times. <laughs>
0: yeah, multiple times. And four in four nights. In four days. <laughs> um, <laughs> good point. <laughs> and I most of my issues from the movie revolve around. Things that unfolded in the third act and sort of how it led to his death and the way at which it it happened So it didn't really affect me in the way I would have liked usually in this sort of a movie I probably would have been crying with everyone else in the theater. You can every showing I was in there were people like where tears were were flowing you could say but there was sniffling but I I I was kind of like unfazed it just it felt uh, unreal Maybe partly because Bond never dies and it didn't work like that in my head, but also because I felt like they could have done it a little bit differently. It felt a little bit contrived to me, the way things played out on the island to allow Bond to die. So it's important also to know that there's always an intense suspension of disbelief in these movies, any blockbuster, but especially Bond, and especially in the last couple Bonds, where the plots have just gotten bigger and more bombastic. Hmm. Uh, even the very nature of the nanobot plague of this movie is, is a lot to take in. <laughs> yes. Um, but just the, like I said, the way things unfolded uh, towards the end of the story with, like, all the conditions that were coming to a head that culminated in Bond deciding that he was going to die here, mostly willingly, um, even mm-hmm. though it was it would have been real tough for him to get off the island in that time frame.
1: Well, also, he didn't really have motivation. He lost the motivation to get off the island because... Yeah, he literally could not touch or love on his family after, like, after and what ran. That's me.
0: the first thing my mind went to in the first show I saw was that maybe they can develop a way to stop the nanobot eventually because this is still cutting edge technology, and I, I can live with uh, the fact that maybe this is you, you know irreversible forever, like Q said, it's eternal. But I, it, it felt like. You know, you could still live, and maybe they can figure something out. I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping
2: for straws. We do have FaceTime.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it would break Bond to not be able to touch his wife and daughter, but... <laughs> he is a man of touch. He is an intensely <laughs> yeah. sensitive man. We do you know that about him? <laughs> yeah. He's, he, <laughs> yeah, he's a great lover of loving. Of loving. Physically. <laughs> uh, intimacy. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. That That's just one of the things that I, I was like... Uh, I would have probably I probably would have written it into the same place if mm. I was, you know, on the in that room. Sure. But I would have done it to make it a little bit more believable even for a Bond movie, where I feel like it would have been a little bit more satisfactory. Yeah. And I had the same problem with the beginning of the movie when he leaves Madeleine because he doesn't they don't even really have a conversation even though there was a sense of urgency uh where he leaves her on the train and i'm pretty sure she knew she was pregnant at that point in time because she she clutches her mm-hmm. her abdomen as she's on the train so i feel like they're if they really did love each other as much as they said he should have heard her out and she should have wanted to tell him what was really happening and it just it felt like like, like i said a little bit contrived in those moments but i'm willing to like part with that because the story you know they wanted it to end in this place and it's fine those are those are my two two of my main Gripes. Gripes. Do you like the rest of the movie? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. I, I have a couple other things that I would nitpick. Actually, the third and final thing that I would call my major gripe is not even Bond, it's uh it's M. Sorry, this is the Gabe complaining power hour. So Inspector, he is set against the the MI five merger with MI six plot line where he's going against Andrew Scott's character, mm-hmm. C, mm-hmm. who wants to initiate a global surveillance initiative. And he was very anti that, and then it felt like it was directly contrasted with him in this movie, where it felt like now M was taking that mm-hmm. stand mm-hmm. because he developed the nanobot play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it felt like it was a,
1: it was a one eighty on his character at the end of Spectre. I felt like this the, the development of this nanobot tech was different from what Andrew Scott was wanted in, in Spectre. You know, Andrew Scott was essentially trying to end the Double O program and the using of agents. Mm-hmm. The development of this kind of technology is something that could be used by MI6. You know, it's not the end of MI6, which is what Andrew that, that's, Scott wanted.
0: Functionally, it's true, but it seemed like a similar ethical dilemma, where it's like this is this oh, is, who cares about
1: ethics? <laughs> that's true. We're <laughs> not, talking <laughs> suspension of disbelief, Bond.
0: And I that's so. These are things <laughs> no. that I I've softened up on. I with, get I get what you're saying though, with yeah. repeat viewings, especially with the way. Um, M is like every, you know anything for England James and how many times have you seen it again <laughs> multiple times uh, anyway four? so those are those are some my graves we can, we can talk more about is it four times things we I'm would have jealous. done <laughs> differently but I know what a life <laughs> <laughs> yes. but there was a lot to love in this movie too and we can talk about that as well I'd, I'd be more interested to hear more of what Alex thought Yes, yeah. you want to talk about what you thought
1: my opinion will be very unpopular
2: oh you loved it
1: yeah you did Unabashedly. I really liked it.
2: Really? Wow, I didn't love it. Me.
1: I didn't love it. I really liked it. And I'll explain why. Okay. But I'd love to hear what you have to say.
2: Yeah, I I I enjoyed what they were trying to do with it. And I think for the most part they achieved that. Right now I'm kind of in that nitpicky phase where I'm I'm just going back and I'm thinking through all those little things here and there that I'm like, oh, why did they make that choice? Or why did they make that choice? Yeah. Um so i'm fighting through some of that and i don't want to complain about the movie the whole time either i really i loved bringing his kid into the fold i thought that was really um different and brave and um i thought they did that pretty well i was same as you i didn't feel it at the end like i wanted to i was i had heard this was probably the most emotional Craig Bond that there was. And and same for me, I didn't quite get there in the end where I really felt emotionally pulled the way I was expecting to. So as I kind of go through it again and kind of collect those different pieces, I think I'll enjoy it more as time goes on. I don't think it was a total (laughs) failure, but yeah, yeah, it it definitely was different than what I was expecting
1: it to be for Sure. sure. Do you have any like inkling if you could even change a few things around, like what you would have done differently or what you were expecting? I didn't like
2: the pacing with it. Um, okay. I thought it moved around really quick for me. I thought it was almost, it, <laughs> to me, it was kind of a more, this this is really insulting, but I thought it was just a more sophisticated Fast and the Furious movie. Like it felt really, really. <laughs> I had a friend say the same thing actually, <laughs> really? yeah. Yeah, it felt so rushed to me Wow, um, and I felt like I couldn't connect with it for that reason. Sure. Mostly. Sure. But yeah, I enjoyed how he did get his ending. Um, even though he died, his family got to live on and I appreciated that.
0: The pacing is an interesting thing because it is by far the longest Bond movie. Yes. But it feels like so much, like almost too much is happening. Like it feels kind of like I thought it was well paced when I watched it, but it still felt bloated. Yeah, And I think part of that is like they getting into the details again. But like, for instance, completely wiping out Spectre in that one scene mm-hmm. like that that launches the movie in a new direction. It can work for some people. For me, I was like a little bit bummed that we kind of destroyed all of the momentum from the last movie in that scene yeah. and like Blofeld. And it felt like, I don't know, Is I'm still I'm still picking that apart. It was a cool scene. But it was like we just all of specters in one room, and we killed them all immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Little things like that, and then there, there's a lot to uh, to take to kind of like deconstruct in this movie. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they tried to fit everything in because it's Craig swan song. Yeah, um, well, I did yeah. li- I did like the daughter. I wish he had a moment with her.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's true. he made a breakfast.
0: Yeah, but it's not because at that. point, Moment, even though Craig and the audience are both, you know, they basically know it's his daughter. That is right after Leah Sadhu has told him that it's not his. So there's a pretense in that scene
1: where it's not his daughter. So you're saying you like a scene with.
0: Where for him to connect with his kin, for them to like embrace or something. I felt like as an audience member that I had missed something. Like I'd missed a moment where there's like, this is your daughter cut to the end and it's just, she does have your eyes. And he's like, I know. So he knew the whole time. Yeah. The audience knows the whole time. Yeah. But there's never a moment in the script where it's like, we're going to sit on this for a minute. I felt like if you're going to kill bond, he should have a moment with his daughter.
2: Yeah. I don't know. He did get his lines as he was ascending through the ladder. He said, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And he gets to relay that message, but yeah, he didn't have that moment with her.
1: True. True. Um, but you loved it. No, I, di- I, I didn't love it. I liked <laughs> it. Okay. I liked it a lot. Like, I thought it was super fun. Um, and, and why I liked it is because I feel like with 2006's Casino Royale, there was, like, a precedent with Daniel Craig's Bond that it was grittier, it was, like, more down-to-earth, it was more sort of realistic. A lot of the Bonds that came before it, like, specifically Brosnan's and a few others – had a lot of unrealistic aspects to bond, you know? Yeah.
2: And it's pretty much stuck with, within a general belief for the last four. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. And so this movie was to me almost like, it was like Kerry Fukunaga said, like in the pitch meeting, like I want to do like a more classic bond story. Yeah. So this had all the classic bond cliches it had like the global biochem threat or just like a global threat in general it had like the super dramatized villain that like had the uh mask like mm-hmm. all the way down to the like where he's wearing like a mask and he you know that's like his like symbol yeah. it had a lot of gadgets it had oh, a yeah. lot of gadgets it yes. had it had that weird gravity plane thing toward the end that when yeah. I saw it when I saw it in the trailer I only saw the trailer I think once like a long time ago. When I saw it in the trailer, I was like, "Oh no, I'm probably not going to like this Bond movie." <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> and um, and then it had you know the lair that they have mm-hmm. to infiltrate at the end. They it has the classic like I'm coming out of retirement like type mm-hmm. thing that like even Michael Scott's Michael Scarn <laughs> does like in the office like when he's <laughs> spoofing on like a Bond.
0: Yeah. Threat, <laughs> yeah, threat level midnight. <laughs> yeah. Threat level midnight.
1: And it had like, you know, a, like a villain with like a crappy Russian accent. It had like the classic like turn villain that was like a good guy that turns bad, which is the, the blonde haired dude, Billy Magnuson. But it did all of those cliches very well in my opinion. So like it still did a lot of the classic bond cliches and tropes but it had like a little bit of the Daniel Craig era edge to them and it still was in the Daniel Craig continuity so it felt like all the other movies that came before it like kind of was getting to this place where now we're actually showing you what a sort of like classic or cliche Bond film would would be like or feel like with Craig like as that Bond yeah so I'm sort of happy that like we got to see Craig do one of those movies, but it did it. Like I said, and I felt like a, like a really fun and enjoyable way. And like, yeah, I could pick it apart and be like, it was really campy a lot of the time, (laughs) but it also, like I was saying earlier, it took risks too. like, it gave bond a kid, which has never been done. It killed bond, which has never been done. And it also made him like old and, and out of touch Mm-hmm. which is also something that I don't think has ever really been done in a Bond movie. Except for Skyfall. That was kind of, I turned to gay while we were first watching it. I was like, is this, like, out of five movies, three time. of them are I'm coming out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually thought about it, and it's actually four. Because the same thing happens in Quantum. Because he, he says he's going to leave with Vesper, and then doesn't, and then has to come back. And and then the first one of the first things from Judi Dench is like, She's like, I knew you wouldn't be gone. You know, then he's like, well, I tried, you know, like his whole thing, this whole time has been trying to get away and have some sort of semblance. So like my one gripe is that he does die and doesn't get his happy ending. But I also understand. Yeah. So that's why I like it because I thought it was like more of a classical bond with the Daniel Craig edge. It still took risks. I still liked the action a lot. I liked the gadgets apart from the gravity plane (laughs) thing.
2: The magnets, oh. yeah,
1: oh, <laughs> magnets. and that part too. That part <laughs> that was very, I, fast literal, <laughs> I laughed out loud when that I was laughing out loud a lot during the beginning, yeah, because it was so campy, but I was also enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't really ask for more when it comes to like a blockbuster film like this. I know I'm not going in to see like a, some sort of auteur art film, like you know, I'm, I'm going to see a Bond movie, yeah, and still this. Daniel Craig era Bond movie is better than so many other Bond movies that I've seen. So I don't have a problem with it. Like I still really enjoyed it and uh I'm okay with it. Like I can definitely see the the flaws in the plot definitely and some of the writing. Although I don't think it was actually the writing. I think it was more the plot that made this a little bit weaker. But I also enjoyed all 2 hours and 45 minutes of it. So I really liked that it was more emotional. And I know both neither of you guys said you felt it at the end, but I was, like, bummed. Like, I was really Mm. bummed for him. I was like, oh, no, James, like, you have a family now, (laughs) and the one thing that you want is the one thing you can't have. And that that sucked. That really sucked. It sucked for me to watch. I I left the theater a little brokenhearted. Anyway, that's how I felt. I thought it was super fun.
2: It'll be interesting to go back and now watch his whole series, knowing that it ends with his. I think it'll just take an
1: even more sad
0: note. (laughs) Yeah. When he's losing everybody, every movie I think I'm not sure about Spectre, but everyone, every other movie he has includes somebody he cares about dying in his arms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so it's just it's like it's a relentlessly. uh, I see a lot of people. Tra- who tragedy. didn't care for no time to die using the word depressing uh specifically that word as a as a depressing end to his story because it was such a mm-hmm. heartbreaking series of events that happened to our our boy yeah and and god damn did he act his ass off in this movie this might be the best performance he's turned in as bond if not period in the last you know however long he's been doing movies My initial take, because of the more depressing ending to you, was that it was the least Bond Craig movie, and I've turned around on that, and I think because of the quippy nature of it and all the tropes that we saw, it is very Bond, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially with like Rami as uh, the villain. That was such a, a nice throwback. Alex mentioned there was obviously the throwbacks to On Her Majesty's Secret Service thematically, but aesthetically, there were a lot of throwbacks to Dr. No, which was the first Bond film, Yeah, both with the setting and with Rami himself, you know, kind of evoking a little bit of Dr. No in his oh, get up. Totally. And uh, even the title sequence was was pulled as an homage with the dots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I do wish they gave Rami a little bit more to work with. For a, such a long movie, he was only in like a little part of it. And then after he eliminates Spectre, his his motivations are kind of elusive. It seems like he would just wants to fuck shit up now yeah. globally. <laughs> And he's selling Heracles to the highest bidder or something. It's kind of unclear. But his performance was really interesting. Certainly iconic. I just wish uh, Rami had a little bit more to work with. I'm not sure how you feel about that. That's how I I felt also
1: about... uh, Christoph Waltz. uh, Yeah, Christoph Waltz and Spectre. Like, both, both of those actors were super underused, underutilized. Yeah. And I probably would have felt the same way about Javier Bardem, but...
0: He had a lot to shine. He
1: with. he <laughs> did he did a lot more. They had him a lot more. They gave him a lot more screen time. And if they would have given Christoph Waltz more screen time, Inspector like I would have taken gladly another half hour of Spectre if it was just Christoph Waltz and like more of him just executing his plot. Yeah. And I felt the same way, yeah, about Rami Malek here. I really liked
0: Lashana Lynch as uh, Nomi or the other 007. and obviously it wouldn't be a Bond film if they were to tell a story with her at the center, but I think it'd be a really cool movie still as a spinoff or something. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think Amazon owns MGM or something now. So they could still tell a story and maybe make it true. in a different way.
1: I That's don't know. very th- good point. One thing about Craig's Bond movies that I really like is the team and the actors that yeah. that are in, on that team. Like I would kill to just have that same team move forward of Q and M and, and Moneypenny and uh, even Lashawna Lynch but just just don't have Daniel Craig you know but sort of like <laughs> Judy Dench did with as the role of M from Brosnan's to these films like keep that team going cuz oh, they're totally they're great. so cool
2: Well that's I mean that the whole thing with Craig's series is it was slowly building this team and now yeah. we have it yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and now it's over so I totally that would be really cool if they if they continued them on yeah. Did you
0: see uh, that they did have at the end of the credits there's a James Bond will return so I'm curious if they're just going to they,
1: that was the last thing they show. Which Gabe really? pointed out as really interesting because it doesn't say 007 will return, which would indicate that maybe Lashana Shana Lynch, Lynch would could take it. But he said James Bond will return. Interesting. Yeah. No, I didn't see that.
0: And I, I could even, I don't know if they'll do this, but I could see them both maybe telling a story in that world, maybe with Lashana Lynch, and then also resetting the Bond continuity. Yeah. Uh, because Bond is no longer, I mean, originally James Bond was a code name in the 60s when the movies began it was and they i actually watched a clip last night i don't know which bond it was from but it was some guy saying james bond will be the code name and he he said both for a man or a woman but now bond is his actual family name and he has his ancestral house that we saw in skyfall i don't know they could they could do anything and
1: hopefully whatever it is will i turned to gabe also after the movie ended, and i was like i just want to go back and rewatch all of them hmm. like i want to start all over and Gabe said this, and I mean you can say it again, but, like, I, I just want to live in that world. Like, it's so fun to just go into that world of the Dan- specifically the Daniel Craig Bond movies and just yeah. exist there for a time, you know? Yeah, they're so rich. Even the ones that aren't as good or the,
0: when you have issues with the films, they're still really good. Yeah. And those worlds, all the locations they bring you to, there's nothing really comparable to it except for maybe, like, you know there's uh the new mission impossible movies have a very similar feel yeah um but there's something special about bond that i that it's really sad to see even for a few years potentially to part with sure and so yeah i would i would love to go not just watch the craig ones again but i feel this renewed vigor to go watch <laughs> connery and you know even more who probably was my just because of his age, one of my less least
1: favorite Bonds. Mm-hmm. 62 was the first one, right?
0: Yeah, that era of filmmaking. And even like watching that 62, Dr. No, it holds up. I mean, not in all the ways. There's still a level of <laughs> chauvinism and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> Mad Men. Y- y- your mileage may vary on yeah. the vaguely Asian. Dr. No is kind of a <laughs> weird racist yeah. uh, take on. But otherwise, <laughs> as far as like filmmaking goes, those movies are so good. All of them are such fun. Yeah, uh, and yeah. good filmmaking. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Except for Die Another
2: Day, <laughs> holy! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which I haven't seen, but from what you've showed me, I showed him the. Oh, part you where, haven't
2: seen it, but I've seen a. Oh, it's I, worse I, than that. Steven showed, me, showed me a clip. Yeah. It's actually worse than that. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I showed him the part where he surfs the
1: wave. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't twice. I <laughs> he surfs twice in that movie. No way.
2: <laughs> yeah, he surfs in the beginning, <laughs> and then he surfs. At the climax of the movie
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah so that when he surfs in the climax you go oh oh we, we, we know that Bon can surf because yeah. we saw it earlier <laughs> yeah. thank god we established that
2: uh, was yeah. i stupid to love you was i reckless to help was it obvious to everybody else that i
0: really want to watch goldeneye too you know, i want to see sean bean as uh which double o is he He was a double o right mm-hmm. double six so it's, it's hard to hate bond even when they're not exactly what you would want and i hope a lot of people that were upset with the direction it you know took especially like the older fans because bond demographic usually skews upwards compared to like marvel and stuff like that because it's an older franchise it's the 10th highest grossing oh,
2: most profitable franchise, franchise.
0: You could play No Time to Die, Billie Eilish.
1: I uh, will, or I just did. No Time to Die.
0: Hopefully, I know I, I said before the cast that No Time to Die has had kind of a rough opening weekend. I think it's only like 56 million. That's a bummer. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is actually the other one that did even worse than this was Casino Royale, because it was like the first Bond.
2: Yeah, no one trusted Craig. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so hopefully we'll see it pick up a little steam. Shame on us. Uh, post, <laughs> yeah. Little did we know. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll it'll probably be in in theaters for a while. But it'll. I hope so. It's a tough yeah. season. You know, you got like. Yeah, it's Venom and like superhero movies are still killing it. And it's we like have the Dune. worst month to put yeah. out a
1: bunch of films like this. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's got to really get some steam before Dune man.
1: <laughs> we should wrap up. Alex, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for having me. I'd guys. love to have you on again. Oh. Are there any other IPs that you're interested in? talking Yep. About.
0: I've been watching clips because YouTube knows all the hype. They're like, oh, we hear you're talking about Bond. Here's some Bond clips. And I've been watching clips and it's like, all these movies are, they're great. And even like the the movies that we love now, one of the videos I watched, it was like Chris Nolan talking about early inspirations. And it's like 60s and 70s Bond is such a cinematic experience. And it was really important for that era of filmmaking. Those movies are so good. All of them are such fun and good filmmaking.